0: In part one of this series, we left off with Pedro Lopez being released after a two-year stint in prison for auto theft. During his stay, Pedro had committed his first two known murders, killing the men who raped him in an act of revenge that was officially deemed self-defense. These murders marked a turning point in Pedro's mental and emotional evolution. Combined with the excessive exposure to sexual assault, trauma, and violence that composed the daily life of his childhood, warped with his own inherent evils, and inside of a country was on the brink of collapse. Pedro's decision to act was, in fact, the final ingredient needed to complete the recipe and become one of the most prolific serial killers in history. This is Pedro Lopez, part two the monster unleashed i didn't see you there something big is
1: going on here from
2: hunting ghosts to bigfoot paranormal ufos true crime and more
0: we won't just be spouting articles i was researching for your entertainment beginning of a new world (laughs) the best guac you'll ever fucking eat true story it's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches this This is the black Black cat
2: Report. report see you on the other side
0: hello everyone and welcome to episode 72 of the black cat report my name is gil and joining me this week is the one and only honorary national semi-pro kazoo champion of Culpeper County, Virginia,
1: Joey. Sweet. I am glad to be here. I turned it up to 30%. My headphones, I turned the mic up to about 70%. We are cooking. We are cooking Thanksgiving turkey right now, <laughs> and we're about to get some tryptophan. And Pedro Lopez is about to bring the trip to pain.
0: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And um, yeah, uh, I'm super stoked. This was going to just be a two-part series. I'll say right up top, this is a three-part series. Once I got to the point that like the script was literally like two and a half times the size of a normal episode, I was like, I should probably split this up. So yeah. that's what we're doing. And I also want to say too, um, yeah, sorry about the late release this week. We know that we have a bunch of folks that like, wait on sunday and the second we like get it uploaded and it's published online we see like the the downloads and the plays coming in so we know that y'all are out there waiting and um yeah just wanted to apologize um to be real with you it's just it was the week leading up to thanksgiving and so joey and i's work like our jobs are just kind of like a little bit crazy our hours got super messed up um i pulled at least one all-nighter for my job like in Mm -hmm. the process um joey i don't think has slept in a week and um yeah our schedules did not mash up which is why we were recording like three hours later in the night than we normally would um but yeah that said um definitely try to make it a point to not be late in publishing an episode again just wanted to take a second to apologize just know
1: that we love you and we are sorry for missing this week and seriously we literally watch the numbers go up we're like oh we got one okay one download as soon as it goes it's like two 15 40 and we're just like oh that's very very quick in like yeah. an hour or two and we're just like oh this is so nice thank you guys for listening and we appreciate it and we're excited to bring you some new information because like we don't just do this research for ourselves we love to present this stuff we love to make yeah. jokes we i mean we love to like we're we're book nerds in a lot of ways like me and gill are like (laughs) math book i mean not really much as math nerds you know we're just book nerds so we like we like to sit and like read these things take notes find stories and tell stories so we appreciate you guys listening every week and
0: yeah and here's part two so part two all right well right up top I want to acknowledge some known discrepancies between how we're covering the story of Pedro Lopez and how others have in the past. You see, if you go on Wikipedia or listen to random podcasts, read through blog posts and articles about Pedro Lopez, they're likely to deviate from some of the events, dates, and stories that we're laying out in this series. This is intentional. As a researcher, I decided to use the 2004 Andy documentary monster of the andes pedro lopez as my primary source and reference i did this for the simple reason that the crew actually went to the regions of south america pedro was active in and directly interviewed and directly interviewed members of the police who worked on his case members of the local press family members of his victims the woman who helped capture him and pedro lopez's own mother not to mention it included lots of rare audio and video interviews with Pedro Lopez himself. Simply put, it's not hearsay, but straight from the source. And if you want to check it out, don't be like me and sign up for a seven-day free trial of Andy that was not a promo. Uh, <laughs> you can use the mm-hmm. link to watch the documentary for free on Daily Motion, a link that I only found after I went deeper into research. But anyways, that'll be in show notes. Always steal your press.
1: Yes, and if you actually get the uh, if you actually get the free trial, remember to cancel it if you really don't want it. Because those seven days, they're not going to tell you. They're just going to be like, "Oop, checked."
0: Yeah, and I I literally have a note in this script saying, "Make sure to cancel the Andy seven day free <laughs> trial," <laughs> yeah. which because uh, the show got launched late or got you know is getting recorded late. I'm already past the seven days. I fucked up. I done um, fucked up. But yeah, hey, y'all are worth it. Now. Onto the show. It was 1971, and Pedro Lopez had just been released from prison. He was 23 years old. Seemingly without hesitation, Pedro was on the prowl, targeting and stalking the most vulnerable in society children of the indigenous populations who, just as in many other regions of the world, are neglected, looked down upon, and, in many ways, often despised by the legal systems whose roots still cling to the heritage of colonization. Just as it is here in the U.S., these native communities whose cultures and lifestyles have been systemically torn apart are, in Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador, granted just enough air quotes, independence, end air quotes, so as to not have the full legal representations and protections given to their more culturally and aesthetically European neighbors. Meaning, native folks are kept just close enough to the system that the government can benefit from them, but just far enough away that the Native folks can't fully benefit from the system, close enough to take, but far enough to never receive. All this adds up and trickles down to social norms for non-Native citizens, racism, bigotry, and most importantly, neglect. To the cities and institutions, these Native folks are always crying about something, Demanding something, always claiming injustice, and what is static added to static but just a louder noise already ignored? So, when children began going missing from these native communities, not only did the police brush off and deprioritize the pleas of heartbroken families, but so too did the media. You see, when a community exists in a vacuum, society won't hear its screams. When that society is the main, if not only, holder of mass communications, e.g. radio stations, newspapers, interagency bulletins, etc., you find yourself in a situation where when one Native community began to experience their children go missing, then another Native community experienced their children go missing, then another, then another, and so on, they all had little to no way of knowing they were falling prey to a larger pattern, or should I say, a single predator. This formula for ignored and isolated murder is the same used by most serial killers, and often, in my opinion, only when a would-be serial killer ignores this formula and kills someone society does not see as vulnerable, that they then make themselves vulnerable setting into motion their own capture and leaving them to only be known as a murderer or preventing them from continuing on and becoming the serial killer. Success means stalking society's shadows. Capture means stalking society's spotlight.
1: That's a very good metaphor there. (laughs) 'Cause that's literally how they're all captured, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Is yeah. there they kill the one person, you know, like the police chief's daughter or the usually the white girl or the white, you know, man or the white boy or, you know, something like that, or somebody's family member that's there, and it's like, Oh, now we can do the research. Now you gave us the one thing we needed motivation yeah. to, <laughs> to, to to look yeah. into
0: this. You know? I- I was um I was literally while I was working on the script I was messaging um friend of the show, uh and mentor of mine uh Laura, over the weekend and just kind of waxing poetic about you know Pedro especially like look when you get to the numbers that Pedro got to in terms of victims, right? Like you really do narrow down the patterns and behaviors of a serial killer, mm. right? Like there's a huge huge question immediately which is. How the hell did he get into the hundreds? Right. Yeah. Like that that is insane.
1: Right. Yeah, we see like fourteen is high, you know, like fourteen is like huge, but
0: Yeah, and like so with that, you know, when you're kind of like researching and studying him and like learning about him, you start to realize like, oh, well, he does this, he does this, he does not do this. And that's what all the folks that get to 10, 12, 15 do. And when you learn about, um, which will be in part three, how we got captured, right? Like how we got caught. You see after hundreds of murders, right? And just years of straight up impunity, right? Um, that makes the same fucking mistake that the serial killers that only get to six, seven, eight, nine victims get to. Same Mm -hmm. fucking mistake. So the variables kind of become more extreme, right? Mm -hmm. And it becomes almost like a broader test for any theories that you have when you're looking at the behaviors and patterns of serial killers with with less victim counts, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, all this kind of just got my head spinning and I started thinking and I was like, you know, (laughs) this might sound weird, but if everybody was as valued as the president, right? Mm -hmm. There wouldn't be a serial killer in the world, or at least not in the United States. There, if there, there wouldn't because, be at least there, there wouldn't be more than five. You know, there'd be more well, spree, no. be more
1: spree killers. I would imagine than than Bro, actual serial killers. Th- yes,
0: but there's but there's a huge difference in that, and it's it's well, yeah, for sure. It's in the process, and so with serial killers specifically, right? Um, you know, it's only they only last as long as they're preying on. Um, people in society that society doesn't value. Mm-hmm. The less, lesser bins. Now, there's a couple things that happen. They might be doing it naturally, right? It's just their natural, like, inclination. It's their MO. It's their it's their mm-hmm. victim type, whatever. Um, or they, you know, just buy out of convenience, any number of reasons. That's not the point. They're actually a reflection. Their effectiveness is a reflection of society's bigotry. It's a, it's a complete reflection because if they're able to be successful, then that means that they found an entire segment or sector of society where people don't give a fuck if they're going missing, Mm -hmm. right? If their bodies are piling up, right? And that also means that the institutions and forms of representation, yada, yada, yada are not reporting on it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, That mold only gets broken when basically, uh, say, a detective or an officer steps outside of the mold, actually Mm, goes against the bias and listens to the sex worker who says, a bunch of folks from this street have gone missing, right? That's when it breaks. Or when the serial killer becomes disillusioned, right? They lose touch with society's bias when they do that and they kill and they fuck up or when they actually you know, kill somebody who meets the 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 stereotype, but actually is valued by society. The point is, is that they cannot exist if society values everyone equally. They yeah. can't, because I we have, would all be freaking the fuck out, like, oh my god, you know. Like, I have two things to say to yeah.
1: that too, like, <laughs> yeah. one of them being like, it's amazing that we say that that detective or police officer that steps out of the like. Sus- You know, like steps out and like asks questions of the roles of people. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, we call them great detectives instead of like that's them what they should be doing their job. You (laughs) know, like they're now being racist. Yeah, yeah, like 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 the guy who caught Richard Ramirez, Frank Salerno. (laughs) Like he caught two serial killers. Granted, he saw things people didn't, and you know that is there is part of that. And And the
0: entire police force was making fun of him, giving him pressure. Yeah, right. Talking shit about him, like. That's not a that's not a, a trophy for the LAPD. Like, yeah, that is no. not a trophy.
1: <laughs> and I think that people love the, like they talk about like LAPD was terrible with their handling of most serial killers. <laughs> they have been awful of everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we can go into their <laughs> uh, <laughs> their civil stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. and two, like you know, I, I where I agree that like it's a society's thing about um, that. But there have been some serial killers. I feel like. That just got away with it because they didn't search for fame or didn't search for notoriety. It also did have that they were killing some amount of people that were in the I I always call what what uh, what I think that is looked on as like lesser than a society part of society that they don't like look at like police just didn't like, you know, we look at Ted Bundy. They didn't yeah. care the people that were killing him. They were. They, they didn't yeah. care about the the people that were getting killed. They literally handed a boy back to him, you know, and was like, "This must be yours," you know. Like they they gave. Hey, that we noticed up. the collar. Yeah. yeah, and that happened to ser- like they're a serial yeah. killers we've talked about. We're just like, yeah. can you like you see this? But, but it's but, a different. Their their mindset is different, and, and it's not a good mindset
0: so like in order to be effective um at anything doesn't even you know not just being a serial killer just fucking anything you exploit uh, a systemic vulnerability yeah right you find a loophole right yeah. and the the quote unquote like lesser than in society are yeah. um they become loopholes for yeah. these fucking monsters that are out there and and here's the thing too so to kind of like flip it back if the serial killer does get immediate and massive notoriety right but they still can't catch him then my first argument would be they found a bias or a a a fucked up flaw within the police institutions within the investigation system right so like with um i want to say it was ramirez i want to say it was ramirez um even though like you know because it's so dense out there in like california shit that it's just like it'd be like six or seven blocks of the neighborhood would be this precinct, and then six or yeah. seven blocks would be this precinct and stuff. He found that flaw. And nobody wanted to fucking talk to each other, and they all yep. wanted the faint. So it still falls back onto, yeah. like, or Zodiac Killer, or any of them. And I just, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, looking at the numbers that gets, you know, added up in Pedro Lopez's story, it's, I can't not think, you know, in terms of, like, the broad hypothesis of, like, What are serial killers? I don't think that they're a natural response to society, but I do think that, um, you know, oftentimes you can't contract a virus from uh, a different animal, right, or a different species. And that's why serial killers in different countries or specifically in different cultures look differently because those different cultures have different systems of values. Yeah, for sure. Right? And that's what fucking changes it right yep. okay. but i don't know i had to go off on that y'all i've been thinking yeah, about it way the fuck too long it's been so long since we've talked to you guys we missed you we yeah. missed you so much <laughs> I, I do want to say like
1: i had referenced earlier too about that is like i do think if there wasn't like we we kind of we valued like you said everybody like the president. yeah the, we would not ha- like serial killers would probably be caught more quickly like, well they maybe, wouldn't have a chance. I, they wouldn't have a chance. But like I guess if we're talking serial killers in that way, like and and separating spree killers from serial yeah. killers. Yes. Because spree yeah. killers are completely different, different, different. They go straight crazy. Like yeah. they go crazy and kill a bunch of people in a short yeah. amount of time. That's very hard to catch. Because, yeah. I mean you'll catch them eventually because it's quick, but like they'll still have a decent amount of bodies. Well, but the there's serial no killer use, after Yeah, they take like a year. <laughs> You know, yeah. they'll take, like, sometimes a year in between or, like, a couple months. And so, yeah. like, you could cat- feasibly catch somebody after one if you find where they're going to go. You, you yeah. kind of, like, find, okay, they go to this
0: certain spot. I'm that's, going there. That's what I'm saying. So you said yeah. uh, you could potentially catch somebody after one. That means you were trying to. For sure. Right. And, like, and that's what I think is I think there would be a shit ton more based off of, like, uh, psychopathy, right, Or like, the yeah. amount of sociopaths that are known to be walking around all the fucking time, right? mm. like, all the fucking time. Um, you know, not all of them become like serial killers, obviously, you know, well, it's sure. kind of yeah. trouble, you know, most of them just become CEOs and politicians, which they just export the killing anyways. Um, but like with the amount of sociopaths that are walking around and you have to look at a certain percentage of those are going to become murderers, right? Because they're fucking sociopaths. Um, how many of them, based off of whatever the fuck set of variables, kill somebody society values, and so they just go to, to prison as a murderer, but not as a serial killer. They get caught early, so they don't actually have a chance to to bloom into the serial killer they would be, sure. because yeah. they, they killed somebody who society values or was looking at, mm. Um I don't know. That is just my theory. I was like reading the amount of like sociopaths that are out there reading about tendencies behind serial killers, looking at Pedro Lopez, looking at the whole fucking process. And I'm just like, there should be a lot more serial killers based off of all the numbers. But I think that they fuck up, if we can put it in those terms, when they kill people that the society values, which says a lot about us. Anyways, I digress. Yeah. (laughs) By twisted desire or careful intent, Pedro's victims fit neatly into this formula, the one we just ranted about, and I read off. And that said, it wasn't always the same exact routine, right? So depending on what Pedro had learned while stalking the little girl, he would customize his manipulation in order to perfectly bait their trust and convince them to go freely with him. Say, something to the tune of... Oh, hello there. I'm I'm sure you've seen me around. I've been trying to get money to travel back home. See, it's it's my daughter's birthday today and I finally have enough money. Do you happen to know where the where the bus station is? Oh you do. Wait, what? Wow, it's it's your mother's birthday too? Aww. Well <laughs> what are you gonna get her? Oh, you don't know. Oh, you don't have enough. Well, Let's see. I How about we make a deal? You see, I I am absolutely terrible with directions and I really need someone to help guide me there. I I know it's just down the street, but would you be able to help me? If if you do, I'll I can give you a few bucks that I have extra and you can use it to get something nice for your mom. Mm. A reward for kindness and opportunity to solve a need for the child or the family. Like Dude's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> like,
1: I can still think about ugh. it. Like, what if it was literally a little group of him when he was younger? And then the, the, like, there was just one kid that was like, Oh, it's just, no, come over here. It's just around this corner. Just around this corner. Ah, oh, get him, get him, mister. Get him, get his, get his money. And they start like stabbing him with the knives that they had when they're kids. It's just like little hymns. And he's just like, Oh, I fell. To, I fell to my own kind. <laughs> oh no, I got it. a uh, Southern accent, though.
0: I don't know. Yeah,
1: Getting it's... ready to go back to cold pepper. It's coming
0: out, man. Yeah, it is coming fucking out coming out. It already. It's bleeding, Even though, bleeding out of me. Is Asheville the same... Asheville's the same same latitude as got Anyways. But... Probably nowhere near. But it's fine. But yeah, so... So, yeah. Once the child took his bait, he would keep playing into their motivations. Whatever the fuck he realized, you know, got the spark in their eye, he would start playing into that, right? Needing them to go let's say, a little further down the road with him, needing to maybe make a quick detour along the way. Like, hey, are you hungry? I know a great little spot and da-da-da-da-da and this, any fucking thing, but he would just keep Mm -hmm. coaching them along. Breadcrumbs all the way down with whatever the fuck he recognized as their motivation. Slowly bringing them closer and closer to a location he'd already picked out. An abandoned building, a rural stretch of road, or say, underneath a busy bridge. Always a place loud enough or far enough away that no one would hear the hours of screaming about to take place. The uh, five to 15 minutes of pure pain and torture. The innocence he took from them to witness their final moments, stating later how much he loved when he was able to get their eyes to pop out of their head. That's what he needed to see, and why he always made it a point to only ever kill in the daylight. Stating later, quote, I forced the girl to have sex with me and put my hands around her throat. When the sun rose, I strangled her. It was only good if I could see her eyes. I never killed anyone at night. It would have been a waste in the dark. I had to see them in the daylight. There was a divine moment when I put my hands around the girl's neck and watched the light fade from her eyes. Only those who kill know what I mean. End quote. And why not kill in the daylight? According to Pedro, he was helping them. By killing them, they were guaranteed to go to heaven and not face the suffering of this world.
1: Well, I'm, I mean, he's like the opposite of Batman. He only works <laughs> the in the fuck? day. <laughs> like, yes. he's terrible. Like, the complete opposite of Batman. Dirt you know? fucking
0: poor has no heritage in this city.
1: Like he's literally the antithesis. Yeah, he's the antithesis of Batman. I mean, the Joker is, like, the bad guy there. But this guy, if he was in uh. Batman... He would be the literal opposite of Batman.
0: Yes, and when you just said Joker, it made me kind of like think. It's like Joker, uh, evil genius. You know, in our in our modern fucked up age, where it's just like you know morals and heroes and anti heroes and shit. Like everything's fucking getting blurred and blended. And like yeah, yeah. Um, Pedro Lopez is horrifying because his how do I put this? He's not a genius. Yeah. He's average. Like, honestly. Like, he may have a certain set of, like, skills that he built up, like you said, like, when he was, like, a child and, like, learning how to fucking survive. And, like, you know, adaptability was the only fucking way he could exist when he was eight years old and in one of the most violent places on the planet, living on the streets. You know, like, had to learn to be a fucking, like, adaptable. Right. But other than just kind of, you know, his life skills that he's built up, he's not a fucking genius. He's not. He's... Yeah as probably as equally as intelligent as your neighbor. Actually, there's a good chance your neighbor is Pedro Lopez. Lock your doors. Well, after he'd taken their life, he'd begin his ritual of disposal. Sort of. Starting at the scene of the hours of assault and eventual murder, he would pick up and carry the small body to a spot he'd already prepared nearby. Usually a shallow grave, pit, or ditch where he would haphazardly cover their corpse with minimal effort. And this was the thing about Pedro. He didn't ever want to bury his victims too deep, often only using branches or logs, anything that would conceal the body but keep it accessible to him later. You see, this was important to him for two main reasons. First, he needed to access the same grave again to dump his next victim. Piles upon piles of children's bodies were stacked without ceremony or care, insects and animals regularly finding and scavenging the flesh from their bones. The second reason, they were his guests for when he had his tea parties from freshly murdered to months of decay, Pedro would bring the bodies of the little girls out of the mass graves and set them up lovingly referring to them as his quote, little dolls and mm, sometimes when the mood would strike him, he would have his way with the corpses just like the first night they were together when they were still alive Wow, imagine walking up on that (laughs)
1: <laughs> this used a horrifying thought of this him just dressed up as batman sitting there you <laughs> know the it's, <laughs> sitting there pouring tea for them <laughs> pouring tea for these dead bodies that are just it's like horrifying these poor girls that are getting you know raped and murdered it's so terrible like this is horrifying but he's just a complete and utter terrible person and he's yeah. just sitting there like setting these people up as dolls like we kind of talked about in herbert bowmeister's it's fucking is that and corpses I, I did think of yeah. master but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like it, and you think about it though it's like he did the same thing kind of like
0: but to be closer mannequins, to his
1: victims yeah with mannequins too but the eye
0: fucking decomposing I, that bodies my,
1: true that was my in a jungle believe <laughs> and maybe like and, and he's sitting there just like coming up with, with little voices for them he's just like Hey, how are you doing? You're like, he's ho- he's probably doing that. He's probably oh, yeah. associating that, like, Sweet. I mean, uh, any anything is probably possible, to be fair, that he's yeah. doing at this moment, you yeah. know? And to think about that, that he's, like, sitting there with these dead bodies, they're probably, he's probably, you know, they've probably been there for months. Some of them probably yeah. were there for months. Oh, you know? yes. And he's got, like, three or four, and he's just, like, looking uh, at them with, that. like, one of their faces is falling off, you know, being eaten off, mm-hmm. and he's just sitting there just, like, Oh, you I look so pretty today. You got something on your face. Like, and he, you know, rubs it. And this is terrible fuck, because, like, dude. it's horrible. He's such a, this is so bad. This is fucked.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it's
1: fucked. And he's a necrophiliac, too. So, like. Yeah. He literally <laughs> is, like, the worst.
0: Yup. Yep. 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 <laughs> it's not like they're newly dead. He's like, cool, no. four months later. Well, all right. So, all right, I'm going to touch on this in a second. But, like, you know. Hey man, like you get to these fucking numbers and like your body count. Sorry to like, uh, you know, knock the victims, but like that's just what it fucking is at that point. That is, yeah, that is like there have been wars with less casualties, right? Like you get to these fucking numbers. Um, A, there's a reason why you get there, B, uh, you get efficient, you know? Yeah, and like, so he wasn't doing this rookie shit of trying to like, you know. Use a fucking rock axe in his basement and fucking like dig out the floor, hide the body, go to Home Depot, only pay in cash, you know, and like fucking re cement his basement floor every three months because he was trying to hide another. No, 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 no. Peter didn't have fucking time for that, right? Yeah. Like this is, this 350 comes over the course of um about seven years, yeah. right? We're talking like days in between his next victim. Yeah, right. he's using it's his little finger forks, go- you know.
1: Going, he's using and going, his little finger, finger, and it, you know, fingers, but, his finger forks. But like,
0: right around the neck, it's free. <laughs> well, okay, I, I do have a comment, <laughs> but like, okay, but I'm just saying, like, when you're doing it that fucking much, you know, if you go to the gym every day, uh, do you wash and neatly put away in the drawer your gym clothes every fucking? No, you fucking leave them out in a bag, you know, like yeah. you leave them out accessible. That's 100%. what he's doing with these with these uh, victims, with these children, right? These little girls is he's like, I'm not going to dig another fucking grave every day. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. I'm going to dig one pit, right? Dump them in there, dump them in there, dump them in there. And then uh, everybody's just going to think that there's a new little uh, mound here. They're not going to know that all the dirt can go back in because there's bodies, right? Like, yeah. he'd just use the same fucking pit. Well, these dumping grounds would sit hidden away between cities towns and villages specifically at a central point for him to work towards as he's carefully crafted the con he would use to deceive the little girls bring them back to the location of a constantly disturbed rest right so he would between the towns and the villages in a spot that was you know seven miles from this town eight miles from this town 12 miles from this town that's where he'd fucking put it which Naturally, if you're going between population centers, the spot in the middle is going to be the least densely populated. Yep. Right? Yeah. Again, dude, the fucking system and the evil you knowness behind this, but it's just like pick that spot. So some cities gets on a bus going south, other ones he gets on a bus going east. Otherwise, you know, but like yeah. but he goes to the same spot and once he gets to that area he's comfortable, he fucking knows that he's safe and does terrible fucking mm-hmm. shit that he does. Um, and that's, you know, we'll get to it in part three, but, um you know, things get discovered, right? You know, like you mass yeah. graves, they get discovered. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. But with all that said, right, keep in mind uh, that was his process after killing hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always a professional pedo. No, no, no. Back when he was still just a rookie, right? So when his body count barely passed folks like Jeffrey Dahmer with 17, Ted Bundy with 30, or John Wayne Gacy with 33, right? Way, way, way back then, when he was in the minor leagues, with lessons to learn from mistakes he'd made along the way. And while we don't have a whole lot of information to go on regarding his early career as a serial killer with a lot of the information just totally based in hindsight or speculation at best, there is one event that we can confirm, and luckily, it's one of my favorite fucking stories out of this whole goddamn series. So, shortly after Pedro was released from prison, he left Colombia and settled into neighboring Peru, and soon thereafter, found a sense of belonging in the city of Ayuchuco. A beautiful city, surrounded by rainforests and... Nestled between mountains in central Peru, with a subtropical climate and arid mountains, Achuco, its weather at worst, only demanded a sweater and an umbrella. Right? Super easygoing, excellent fucking place to live for its population of about 200,000 people, the majority of which were poor and native. But the real selling point for Pedro was the culture. When asked later about Peru, he fondly recalled that the little Peruvian girls were, quote, so much more trusting and willing to help than the jaded little girls in Colombia, end quote. And so Pedro was happy and in no time was well on his way to claiming his first 100 victims. But, (laughs) But unlike Pedro years later, uh, month-long plague, leaving only chaos and tears, right, young Pedro let himself settle down and establish Ayuchuko as not only his hunting grounds, but also his home. For a while, life was great, almost like a work-from-home situation, but as news of the number of missing children, all from the same town, all from the same community, grew, so too did the locals' awareness, naturally. Mm-hmm. As the chaos and rumors settled down into time and patterns, the people of Aichoko were able to do more than just keep their children safe. They were able to actively make plans to investigate and hunt the monster. And as it turns out, Pedro wasn't hard to catch. When people were actively aware of and looking for a serial killer, he was incredibly easy to spot. And while we don't know all the details of when or how they caught him like the best i could find is that they set up a sting basically a bunch of indigenous yeah, yeah. folks straight yeah. up set up a sting right well oh well, i do want yeah. to say imagine the person that's like
1: hey i'll think i'll let my kid be the victim <laughs> you know like it's just <laughs> like we never liked you anyways it's fine <laughs> you're just <laughs> the second kid <laughs>
0: damn it greg i said keep an eye on her i it was it was on purpose. I was trying to catch yes, him. Yes, yes. <laughs> shit. No, Got but now. yeah. But I mean, like, yo, when stakes get that fucking high again, like he maybe had f- shit. I don't even know at this point. I'm gonna assume based off of the years, fifteen, twenty, like victims at this point, he would get close to a hundred by the time he leaves. Just this one fucking yeah. city, which by the way, the city is about the size of Asheville, right? So like. Yeah, yeah. Bro, people like,
1: will be talking.
0: Yeah, Seventy people definitely or eighty talking. people. What the yeah. fuck? And they're all, you know, little girls. Like you're, yep. you're almost wiping out a fucking generation in that town. Like that's insane, right? Yep. Well, anyways, like at that fucking point, you know, you get the biggest, burliest motherfuckers you can find, and you're like, all right, I'm like gonna have my daughter out there because honestly, twenty seven motherfuckers ready to beat the shit out of somebody. Um, all staring at your daughter, waiting for something to happen. She's actually safer in that sting situation <laughs> than, than she normal. Is yeah. Not in a sting situation. No,
1: I just imagined oh, that they God. actually put the one of the big burly guys in like a little girl's costume and puts oh. him out there,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they just like Hello. stood him underneath a box with a fucking yeah, yeah. stick and a string. Yeah, yeah. And he, no, <laughs> no I but need like. Some help. <laughs> oh help! I tried my ice cream. Oh no. I am whatever you're looking for right now. I'm innocent. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck they did, Um, but I know that it worked. worked real fucking fast. Yeah. So, like I was saying, what we do know is that the indigenous people who captured this evil motherfucker had the perfect, the most perfect plan for how they should dish out justice. Hey, we were just talking about Batman. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, nope. He's about they're to... They're getting there. Give some they're, fucking they're justice. their person. Yep. No, but like... God, their fucking plan is so good. Anyways. Whew. All right. I'm just getting... I'm getting stoked here, especially after the fucking shit about how he, you know, what he yeah. did with all of his victims. So, keeping that in mind. Well, once they had Pedro and more than likely, rightfully, beat the shit out of him, they dug a pit in the jungle. Huh. And... With his feet and wrists tied up, they slowly lowered Pedro into it. At that point, they began shoveling the dirt back in, carefully burying him, but just up to his neck so that only his head was exposed. Just inches above the jungle floor, like a, like a little pedo-Pedro plant. <laughs> Next, They poured a sugary honey mixture over him, coating his head from crown to chin. And then they simply planned to wait. To wait for the wildlife to slowly pick up on the scent, to wait for curious predators to approach and start sniffing, to wait for Pedro's inevitable screaming as he was stuck watching from the ground level while stinging, biting, and burrowing bugs crawled towards him like a free buffet. Yes. That was the plan. For everyone to hear his screams when they fell asleep that night, finally being able to rest easy. <laughs> but sadly, it was only a plan, because Pedro would be rescued. You want to you wanna guess who rescued Pedro, Joey? Want to guess? Wasn't Batman.
1: Superman? Nope. Superman. The the police officers?
0: Nope. nope, nope, nope.
1: His mother? No. Um
0: Jesus. Jesus That's oh right. Jesus saved Jesus. Pedro Lo- No 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 no. We're talking white Jesus. The Jesus, Jesus saved yeah. Pedro Lopez, and he did it by sending his most powerful ally. You see, little did the locals know this whole fucking time, but watching from the sidelines as they worked for hours to prepare just their self. form of justice was a modest saint hidden in the crowd. A white, middle-aged Christian woman. Oh my God. Yup! The lady from the blind side? <laughs> uh, Joey, are you are you looking up Christian white what? singles in your area? What are you
1: doing? No. <laughs> oh. No, so I'm just looking up the... Not Sandra Bullock. Leanne T... Leanne 2... Leanne T. No, she didn't do that. There's a reason why she lives in America now. Sandra Bullock or
0: the... <laughs> <You> thought... <laughs> just starting a rumor about Sandra Bullock. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> well, I am... I'm about to go off on a joke here, but I'm also about to directly read afterwards what people said about this interaction. I'm not that far off. So, after hours of digging reburying and everyone staring some in the crowd felt relief naturally right others were still mourning their loss but saint karen finally realized that the local punishment for being a pedophilic child murderer who'd killed tens of dozens of the community's children wasn't just making someone dirty and sticky but in fact, it might actually involve punishment. Well, no. let me just say, when she realized this, she was struck by a message from God and compelled to perform what was later to be seen as the first of her saintly
1: miracles. She yelped that country oh, to, to oh, oh
0: highly hell. With her spine straight, head cocked back, finger in the air, and a tone more damning than a Baptist sermon, she flipped the fuck Out on everyone there, targeting any random local she assumed was the tribe's manager. Now, I don't have the exact (laughs) transcript of this event. Not technically, but using AI, descriptions of the event, and royalty-free music, I managed to reconstruct everything from the moment of inspiration to the speech she gave to the crowd.
2: Listen up, you godless savages. Hey! Hey, look over here, look over here. Hey, yeah, yeah, pretty white lady trying to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Could you shut up the old people in the back crying? Thank you, thank you. Now, I know y'all are upset, but this is not the way you should be handling it. I should know. It might be hard for you to understand right now, but This is all because of me. You see, just moments ago when I started to feel icky about your social need for justice, I realized it it wasn't about me being squeamish when I see brown people upset. No, not this time. It was actually the feeling of God testing me, testing my faith and him. How, you might say? Why, you might ask? Well, as we all know, God works in mysterious ways, and this time, he chose to send this man here to rape and murder your daughter so he could teach me a lesson in forgiveness. Why so extreme? Well, thank you for asking. You see, last year, when I found out my fiance, Jerry, was in fact not a virgin, but had in fact masturbated five years before we met, I was left devastated, torn apart, heartbroken, just like you. Can you imagine that? Finding out the world had done to me exactly what Pedro had done to your kids. And when I freaked out and executed Jerry then Signed up for missionary work in Jamaica, but was sent to the fucking jungle, instead I prayed. oh why would you do this to me? Send me to Peru? For the past 83 hours I've been here, all I could think about was Jesus, Jamaica, and Jerry. The pain consumed me, just like I see it consuming you right now, but Killing Pedro well make things better. Jamaica, Jamaica would have just been a prison of happiness, a, a comfortable hell where I'd never face the pain Jared caused me, just the closure of living my life and moving on. That's not what Jesus wants. Without guilt, how, how would you ever love him? Beg him for relief instead of taking it for yourself? so I ask of you. No, I command you. In the name of the Lord, set your Jerry free. Let Pedro be my cross to bear. Let me take him to his own Peru. Save you from from my harsh lesson and and finally be worthy of honest deliverance to Jamaica.
1: Wow.
0: (coughs) Sorry, I just fucking hate this lady.
1: Jerry. Scandalous. That, what the, I, I don't even need to say anything after this. I think that her demeanor pays, you know, says everything for itself. Yeah, like,
0: I know, I know, I know, I know. That wasn't a direct quote. Exactly, but this is a quote from Pedro years later. The Indians in Peru had me tied up and buried me in the sand up to my neck when they found out that what I had been doing to their daughters. They had me covered in honey and were going to leave me to be devoured by ants, but an American missionary lady came in her jeep and promised that she would hand me over to the police.
1: She's the real Jesus.
0: So that was Pedro uh, talking about it. There's other people that were at this event that also fucking talked about it, but I just figured I might as well just go straight the fuck to Pedro. Anyways, after all the screaming and the arguing with them that, you know, Jesus stands for forgiveness, that this judgment isn't what Jesus would do, that they need to act in line with the Bible, with, with the holy teachings, and finally, with the majority white judicial system governing their tribal territory, I swear to God, that is where the fucking conversation went. Look, this lady, if this was her community... I don't think she would have fucking stepped in and said this.
1: Or well, she would have been the first one to be murdering that person.
0: Bro, like if this was your town, if this was your neighborhood, if this was your community, you would not feel this way and honestly, like nobody, nobody on the planet has the right to comment some folks like that, especially just victims in general, and be like, "Oh no no no, um you're getting redemption wrong. Like you're you're finding justice wrong when it's to yeah. this fucking magnitude right like this is an indigenous tribe they don't actually i don't know have a prison system out there and they've been living in constant fear and even if they fucking did the point is is that this dude is a monster straight up like undeniably he's a fucking monster and this community more so than a lot of communities later um while it's happening this community can confirm and knows that he is a monster as bad as they think he is like it's not just a a guess Right? Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, somehow, sadly, St. Karen's verbal assault and pity party story worked. Karen and the community came to an agreement on the condition that if they released him from bug jail, she would personally drive Pedro to the nearest police station and hand him into custody. Pinky promise, scouts on her. So, beaten bit and dirty as a corpse pedro got into saint karen's holy rental jeep and they set off on a pilgrimage to justice now when asked about the drive with pedro later saint karen whose real name i would rather forget said that for most of the ride he was quiet and that when he did speak he was actually pretty nice and why the fuck wouldn't he be even Pedro's crazy ass wasn't dumb enough to strangle the saint that saved him. Besides, she was also like four times his preferred age, anyways. Yeah, that's not his mo, anyways. Yeah. No, no, not even fucking close. But, but I digress. I also, like out of everybody in the situation, Pedro had to be the most confused. I will say that. Like he had to yeah, be he's like, just like, really, I'm a piece of shit. Like what the yeah, fuck? <laughs> like, I was ready to die. Like this is part of it. Yeah. You know? I ki- no, I kind of deserve it. Um. But, mm. So, I digress, but. Her answer, though, like, it really stands out, you know, not just as, like, a weird factoid of, like, wow, you gave a serial killer a ride in a car for a long time. That like? Well, it actually goes to show how far good passenger etiquette can take you in life. In Pedro's case, it took him all the way to the border where she let him out of the car to casually walk out of Peru and start a new life in Ecuador.
1: Oh, my God. She she like did not do the thing that she promised and said that she was gonna do oh
0: yeah yeah this is what like it's what she that's why i fucking rip on her so much she was so fucking disconnected from reality and full of herself obviously to do the shit that she just did well yeah uh, anyways after having experienced what can only be described as a miracle Pedro set forth as a wiser man, ready to start a new life where he could be more sure of himself and more self-righteous than ever as he continued to rape and murder more than 200 little girls in the coming years. And that is how St. Karen, patron saint of self-righteous delusion, came to be as she then performed her second approved miracle. The smile on her face when she went to bed that night. And that's where we'll pick back up next week as we conclude this series with Pedro Lopez Part 3, Graves of the Monster. In the meantime, we hope everyone out there has a happy and safe Thanksgiving.
1: Yes, have a great Thanksgiving. Do not think about Pedro Lopez while you're having Thanksgiving.
0: Please think about Pedro Lopez while you're having Thanksgiving.
1: Think about St. Karen.
0: y'all are the best can't wait to catch you next week um yeah stay safe out there
1: peace